Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we have read chapters 43 through 47 of Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson, in case you're not familiar with what the show is about. <laughs> in which case, go back to the first episode, seriously. Or at least the first one of Warbreaker. I just wouldn't start right in the middle of the book. That seems, that's a bold choice. Also, well done if you've made it this far and you have no idea what our podcast is about. It's, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good idea. <laughs> that's this, that's what this week we're just pivoting to books by uh, i don't know brent weeks i got a message <laughs> on uh on the patreon actually about like hey have you guys ever considered reading books by like this other person and i was like i mean the show is pretty like by definition kind of exclusively these books <laughs> but it's actually not a bad idea that if we're ever at a point where there's not a new brandon book that i am reading and putting chapters up for the patreon that I could like pick some other book that people were interested in that I hadn't read and put reactions to that. Just so there's new patron content. If people were interested, I don't know if I'll actually do that, but I was like, that's not a bad idea. I could think about that. Assuming that there's some time when there's no new Brandon book. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't want to kill the format of the show either. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, anyway, so in these chapters, Vivenna wakes up. She's not dead. Surprise, surprise. And she and Vasher start working together. Then Siri and Susabron, they they talk, and then they do more than talk. And uh, we've got the super short chapter about Light Song and some dreams that he's having. Back to Vivenna and a very detailed lesson on uh, Biochroma. And finally, Light Song decides to actually do something, shocking everyone. So I'm Data, and with me today is... Jack. Jamie. And Joe. Yep, we're all back today. Woo! So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. To emerge and to breathe anew For a purpose so far from my own And this world I've awoken to Seems familiar but somehow unknown And the branches of gold on the skyline Reach out to the sweep of the stars the beginnings and endings of lifetimes, a guidance of light from afar. Down, down, down. So yeah, we're all back. Everyone's feeling, you know, somewhat healthy. So we can go on and uh, what did you guys think of these five chapters? Still not a lot of, uh, of action necessarily, but uh, some interesting stuff happening, I think. What do you guys think? It was pretty interesting. I liked Vivenna and Vasher together. I like it's just nice to actually see more of Vasher and get a better idea of who he is. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's acknowledged like, yeah, look, I'm just really not good with people, so that's <laughs> that's why I'm such a cranky bastard. And they're de- they're dealing with the like the slum lords and Vivenna's realizing what she needs. So that was all pretty pretty cool. I liked the biochroma lessons because I feel I still feel like I really don't know how this magic system works. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting magic system, but I'm sort of just like, there's a lot I don't get about this. I feel like it's, I don't want to say more complicated than, you know, you swall- swallow metal, do cool shit, or <laughs> right in the air, do cool shit. Right. So, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to get a better handle on it. And, yeah, once once Siri and, and God King started getting it on, I'm just like, uh, uh-oh, this is going to be, this is not going to be good. Also, yeah. like, the ult- the ultimate thing is like they do it once and get pregnant from it, which is probably what's going to happen. 
like given lights <laughs> given light songs reactions it's like oh man the odds the odds of that i know it happens quite a lot all over the world but do it once and that results in a pregnancy Oof, long odds you're not wrong those the the the, odd, the odds are not in your favor well i guess depending on what you want to happen there yeah um, yeah with that but it, it, it could happen uh the god had twins i wonder this is this is a good question. Could would one of them be like born dead and the other one alive, or both of yeah, them? And would they both have to be king if they were both like, uh, you know, uh, returned? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, but but the the thing you said about Vasher is is really interesting because I have this bit to pull out of the annotations related to that, where he's like, when designing Vasher, one of my goals was to force myself to stretch. I wanted to tell a story about a character who was different from my standard this a person who was not glib wasn't good with people the opposite of like kelsier or rayodin a man who had trouble expressing himself who let his anger get the better of him and who was rough around the edges you really get to see who he is in this chapter as he shoves vivenna around and bullies the adrians he tries but but he just doesn't have a delicate bone in his body my fucking god kelsier is iron man rayodin's captain america vasher is hulk interesting okay it He's always fits, angry. People. <laughs> Stormlight will have the Thor. Yeah, maybe. Now you get me thinking about Stormlight characters. Like, could one of them be Thor? Uh, that we've got to be on the lookout for that you, now. You, you, oh. you know, we don't. <laughs> I'd be know, awful. Right? I'd be awful Thor if it was Thor. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I'm here all week. <laughs> but this this line from the annotations is my favorite because it kind of goes back to something you guys have been saying this whole book is the way people who read the book kept crying for more of asher and more nightblood made me think i was right with keeping their character sparse it meant that by the time you reached this point in the book you were hopefully very interested in what he was doing yep i yep I, that was I, I felt that if we spent too much time with him we wouldn't be as interested in him so uh mm. yeah he, he wanted you guys out here like i want more of asher though Whenever Vasher's yeah, not on screen, all the other characters should be bastard. asking, where's Vasher? <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, I mean, there's also the, the fact that it's like, he's he's not a nice, he's not like a, a nice guy. He's angry and grumpy and stuff. <laughs> and so he might not be as fun if you spend a lot of time with him. So it's like, we got to keep it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, it worked. I like it. Yeah. I don't. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine if you got to this point in the book, though, and you're like, oh, it's this guy. <laughs> you're, I'm really so tired of this guy. <laughs> so at nah, least we can nah. wait until the end of the book and go, oh, this guy. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's true. Would Hoyt be the sexy drifter if he didn't drift in and out of our lives? See, there you go. <laughs> yeah. He'd certainly be less drifty, but would he be less sexy? That's an excellent question, which I do not have the answer to. <laughs> yeah. just, I guess we'll just never know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I like these chapters. I feel like we were probably getting to a point where the, the chemistry between Superman and Siri was, was going to end up here. And, yeah, Light Song is a very, very short chapter. Following that indicates this is probably the start of the end. And I guess we'll find out pretty soon what what happens to the God King and his, his bride when they have a child. So that'll be interesting. We'll see if all the, the, the rumours are true. I did like the the stuff between uh, Vasha uh, and Vivenna, particularly, you know, the four types of, um, I can't think of the word, awakening, I guess. 
yeah, and then his just caginess around option four. I was like, yeah, okay, that's a bit that everyone wants to know. And something we played with a little bit earlier, particularly in relation to Nightblood. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how that all comes about. But, yeah, good chapters. I think we must be, what, uh, three more segments to read after this. So I'd say we're probably into Sanderlanch territory now. Yeah, we have three three more to go. Three episodes left, sure mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I like what you said about like Siri and Sosa Bronze. Like they've been building towards this, so it's not like a shocker that. Yeah. And also, as Brandon puts it in in this annotation, it's like they are married after all. So I thought it was appropriate for this to happen at some point. Like eventually, I mean, imagine you've got a whole book around obviously conceiving an heir. And, and and what that needs like what needs to happen there imagine if they just like never did it well it's kind of a non-issue isn't it <laughs> There's no, mm, okay. it's it's really easy to avoid having an heir you just don't do the one thing and uh she's even yeah. like this is a bad idea but oh well we're doing it oh well, we're, we're done now so it's, <laughs> yep okay <laughs> we'll figure that out later <laughs> Siri's always been somewhat impulsive, though. She's getting better, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, not surprising. Yeah. These chapters, you know, I think we've already kind of touched on it. More action would be nice, you know, something going on, something that's leading to, like, a climactic finish would be uh, appreciated. Because I feel like we're just I, – I keep waiting for the falling action or climactic moments to start, and they just don't. So like, so what, when, 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 when is that going to happen? But I mean, overall, I, I did enjoy uh, this section. I will say, you know, while the moment of, of affection, of physical affection between the two is earned, Siri and Susbron, I feel like going from first kiss to sex in one, in one evening seems less earned, especially with somebody who's so underdeveloped in that area. Which, you know, he may just be following her lead, so whatever, but it just feel it felt kind of shocking to me that it's like, oh, they're going straight from their very first kiss ever to having sex. Okay, that that seemed a little unrealistic to me, even if you are married, because in this situation, this is not a normal couple that's that's been married in a normal way. And so that part, I was kind of like, I don't know about that. But everything else, pretty, pretty strong. Shortest chapter ever with light songs. So, you know, we got. Got that going for us. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, the rest of the book could just focus on Vasher and I'd be great. I'd be fine with that. He's obviously the most interesting character. And, you know, sometimes I get what he's saying, you know, leave him wanting more. But then the other times I'm like, also give the people what they want. Right. Because it's like now that's a big thing in sitcoms. Right. It's like they have the will they want. They and then they get and then usually now they actually will pretty quickly uh, uh, resolve it. And and then, you know, the trick is, well, how do we keep it interesting going forward? But I feel like if you've got good writing technique, then, you know, you can you can pull that off. I know that's a different thing kind of than what we're talking about, but uh, it just made me think of that. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that is a little bit different because I don't know that it was ever all that will they won't they here. Maybe a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think I think what really like I think friends like made it really big the on like sitcoms the will they won't they Mm -hmm. 
on and off sort of thing. I remember even I was listening to the commentary on some news radio episodes and they were like, because at the time we were making this show, the friends like Ross and Rachel thing was like the biggest thing on television. And so the network was like, Hey, we want you to do this with two of your characters and like do basically the exact same thing. Yeah. And the, the makers of news radio were so opposed to that. And so annoyed by being told that they needed to do this, that they had those two characters get together in the second episode of the series just despite the network uh, requesting that. <laughs> yeah, the show went on for a good few seasons until Phil Hartman died, so I guess they weren't doing everything wrong. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know that uh, there's much else for me to say on these chapters just yet, but I definitely have some thoughts on some particular parts, so as we go through, uh, probably put my two cents in on that. Okay, fair enough. Well, then let's move into... These chapters, we start with 43, where Vivenna wakes up sick, tired, thirsty, and starving, but alive. And apparently she's been asleep for a week, so she really needed to recover. And you get the classic, she sees Vasher, and she's like, you, and he's like, me. Is and that classic? Is that like I, 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 I've seen that many times, yes, where someone goes, <laughs> you, and he's like, me. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. But yes, and she realizes she's dressed in different clothes than she was wearing before. And uh, I like when she asks the question, he's like, look, a woman who's been to Dent's bed holds no temptation for me. And she's like, hey, I didn't sleep with him. And I don't know if he's if he figured it out before or if this is legit where he's figuring it out. But he's just like, he had you fooled, didn't he? And when she nods, he goes, idiot. He's not a nice guy, is Vasher. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's a blood guy. I like him. You know, he knows. uh he knows how he feels and he's going to express it. And who's going to stop him? You. <laughs> and she thanks him for saving her. And he's like, whatever. I kept a tool out of Dent's hands. That's what really matters. He literally called her a tool. That's uh, that's <laughs> it's that's, true. That's, that's harsh. Yep. He tells her that she had a, has a disease called Tremaria. That they don't have up in the highlands. It gets spread by insect bites and it'll stay with you if you if you're weak. Yeah, I've heard a lot of fake made up Star Wars diseases. Uh, this one is pretty bad. Eh, I don't know. If to it. I mean, it reminds me of like some Star Trek words like Tamarians and stuff. But other right. than that, I think it, I think it works fine. It also made me think of like uh, <laughs> there's some like really weird naming name diseases in uh, the Elder Scrolls games that you can contract from like getting bitten by animals. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. so it made me think of that. Let's see. Let's let's. This is a, yeah. This is a fun digression. The diseases of uh, Elder Scrolls. We've got the Ash Bow Blight, or excuse me, Ash Woe Blight, Astral Vapors, Ataxia. Ataxia is a real thing. Yeah, uh, Blood Lung. That's a good one. Bone Break Fever. Ooh, that that doesn't sound fun. Brain Rot. Ooh, you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> Cannibals Prion. It or could is, be, it, is it spread by prions? Or prions, yeah. It's 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 spread by eating somebody, by partaking. It could be contracted by from partaking in cannibalism. Oh, I think that that I think there's is that real? Uh, I, I don't know if it's real thing, really. Yeah. Well, prions are real, and you can get a disease from cannibalism. Like we're not designed to eat other people's human flesh, but uh, I don't know if it's a prion disease that you get. I mean, mm. that tracks with what little I know about prions, thanks to a Michael Crichton book. Yes, I was about to say that's that's where my knowledge comes from. Also, is Michael? Yeah. Yep. Frost limbs. Ooh, hell joint. That's a good one. 
but yeah, you know, so it made me it made me think of like the weird ones from Elder Scrolls that aren't real. Like some of them are real, some of them aren't. Sanguinare Vampirus, you know. That Is that when real. you turn into a vampire? Yes. Sanis Lupinus. Is that when you come when you become a werewolf? I believe. A werewolf. That makes sense. Okay. Scalon Sunburn. Is he sunburn? <laughs> Tickle Bridge. I like that one. <laughs> Tickle Bridge. Uh, from handling dirty equipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like anyway. also, I like also how the symptoms of Ticklebritch are include a loss of endurance and attractiveness. <laughs> I, I okay. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. I was just reading the other day about like how you can about someone who contracted this disease from a tick bite where like you become allergic to mammal meat, so you can't eat like meat. And I was like, oh man, that would suck to just suddenly become allergic to that. Can't like a lifetime of eating steak and suddenly you can't anymore. Yeah, that would uh, that would not be good. But also, it's a really messed up allergy because unlike every other allergy, it doesn't show itself immediately when you eat whatever you're allergic to. It's like several hours later that stuff starts to happen, and so it can be really hard to diagnose that that's what's wrong with you is that you have this allergy. Uh... Anyways. Vasher says you've probably had a bad time lately with the dizziness, dementia, hunger. And he's like, you deserved it. That's a little bit harsh, but whatever. He's a harsh guy. Yeah. And then he he says she's been asleep for a week. You should sleep some more. And then and she says, what are you going to do with me? And he goes, the biochromatic breaths you had, you gave them to Denth. And she goes, she like pauses like, yes. And he raises an eyebrow. And she's like, no, I put them in the shawl. And he has her shawl, and he tells her how to get the breaths back. So that's nice. She says she doesn't know the command to get them back. And he's like, what, you escaped those ropes that I did without awakening them? And she's like, I mean, I guess that command. What do you, what do you mean you guessed it? Also, I should have gagged you better. And she says, it's the first time I'd ever used breath. And he says, that's right. You're of the royal line. And she says, what does that mean? And he ignores that question completely. But, uh, hmm, what does that mean? It means she comes from a like the royal family who abhor the use of breath entirely like mm, yeah i mean i i i think maybe what he's talking about because he's making it sound like he's mentioning that in reference to how easy it was for her to figure it out and so maybe something about the royal line especially since their hair changes colors and can grow and they've got like magic already something about being in the royal family lends you some kind of ease in learning magic I don't know. Hmm. Could be. But that he tells her guess. the command. He tells her the command, your breath to mine, to get her breaths back. And all of a sudden, she feels way better. And also, it's like, we saw this earlier when she first got the breath, but we get kind of more detail on it here, where it's like, it like sends her to the ground with like the sensation of all this breath suddenly hitting you. And he goes, yeah, it's like that. Like, if you just take it back after an hour or so, then it's not a big deal. But after, like, a couple days, it, it's like getting it again for the first time, and you it's it's overpowering. And she says, oh, my gosh, my sickness is gone. He says, of course, you have enough breath for at least the third heightening, if I'm reading you right. You'll never know sickness. You'll barely even age, assuming you manage to hang on to the breath. So third heightening, you don't age much at all. And we were actually told earlier by Hoyd that agelessness is a gift given to all who reach the fifth heightening. So she will barely age. If you make it up to the fifth heightening, you don't age at all. Useful. Right? Explains a bit yeah. about the the returned as well. Mm, maybe, yeah. Sort that of. might be exactly maybe. what's going on. Maybe, I don't on. know. 
because Did, we, when that wasn't that said that all the return are automatically have the fifth heightening or something. That's what I was about to say. They're all the fifth heightening uh, just when they return. So maybe oh, that does okay. explain uh, like something about their their weird aging process. But they if they don't not age at all because they they kind of at least got to their maturity. Yep. Because there was the, that one I, that he died when he was an infant and then was like a teen. Yeah, like he died when he was two or whatever, and he's a teen now, or he looks like a teen. So they, but if if they come back to life as like a um, normal aged person, then they are that age and they don't necessarily grow older. Although it does specify like some people come back looking younger than they did before, and some people end up looking older, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with actual age. But yes, it, you do if you come back young then you grow up to your your mature level basically and then stop more or less hmm. but to, uh, the most interesting thing about that to me is you you can buy breath so that means anybody with enough money can live forever more or less like or at least not grow old i mean it's yeah. not gonna stop you from like getting in an accident but it makes me think of that terrible movie with vincent cardheiser and uh Justin Timberlake. Oh, uh, the one with the uh, was it Timeless Time? The one where everyone has in, like t- time. In, in time. In time is that what it was? That was yeah, yeah. And Killian Murphy was the bad guy. Oh, I thought it was Vincent uh, Carizer. Am I thinking of a different one? Hold on, hold on. You mean, you mean the one where they've got like the digital readouts in their arm and it's like how much time they got left? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah, Vincent Carizer played the main lead's dad, but I guess he wasn't the big bad guy. Oh, yeah, Cillian Murphy was, or Killian Murphy, however you say it. Oh, Johnny Galecki's in that? All right. Yep, he is in that. I never saw that. It's it's okay. It's not it's, a great it's, movie. It's got a fascinating concept that they just didn't do enough with. Yes, mm. I feel like if they, if I, I feel like this was one of those movies that had a really cool idea, but whoever wrote, like, the screenplay didn't really think it out all the way through what they could, the kind of stuff they could do, so well, the it was just... The- the director's the sort of guy who does he comes up with those these really fun sci-fi concepts. It's the same yeah. bloke who did like Gattaca. Oh, um, okay. So he normally he does really good sci-fi with interesting concept stuff. I think he must have just been hampered by the studio trying to say, well, make it more generic actiony sort of movie. And he's like, mm, mm. whatever. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it it does feel kind of like a generic action movie for sure. Yeah. Which is not what you want in in that sense when you're when you got this cool concept to deal with. Although I. It, it kind of works for um, the, the Tom Cruise movie with the future Minority Report because yeah. that that has could, the really yeah. weird sci-fi premise, but it kind of is like a lot of actiony type stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, it, I feel like that's the like story. the exception to those, right? Mm-hmm. Like Minority Report's like the exception to those like serial or not serial, but like prepackaged action movies. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, and you're right, Deck. It does fit with the story that we're being told. So. That's the important thing, right? Is that it? It it, yeah. it works with the the concept. Uh, okay. So uh, he he says uh, I should force you to give that breath to me, uh, but I'm not going to. You're far more trouble than you're worth, princess. And she starts thinking back now that she feels fine. She's thinking back to like her life, I guess a week ago at this point since she slept for a week. But she's like, was that really me? Like sleeping in the rain, living in the mud, thinking about becoming a prostitute. Could that possibly have actually been me? And he's like, okay, time to go. Which is funny because he just told her she needs to sleep more. But he's like, no, come on, we're we're going. Put on these clothes. And she's like, but th- that's men's clothing. He's like, I'm not going to buy you pretty dresses. Okay, I don't have that kind of money. We're, we're, you're going to have to get used to this. 
And she's just she asked several times, like, what are we doing? Like, what where, where are you taking me? What, what are you wanting me to do? And he's he doesn't want to. He, he kind of avoids the question. He's like, I have work for you to do. OK, Denth is working towards something. I'm going to block him. And she's like, no, no, Denth was working for me or pretending to. All the stuff he did was just to keep me going along with it. And Vasher just laughs in her face. And she's like, look, I was just doing the best that I could to, like, help my people in this war that's coming against Helandrin. And he says, Helandrin is not your enemy. And she's like, uh, no, it is. It's playing to march against my people. To which she responds, the priests have good reasons for acting as they do. But I don't think he tells us what those reasons are. No, he doesn't. He just skips it. And he has to, he, he points out to her, it's like, did it ever occur to you that, like, attacking supply caravans, rousing the Idrian poor doing all this stuff that you were the problem. You were the one like making the war happen. Essentially. Denth wasn't working for you. He wasn't even pretending to someone hired him to start a war between Idris and Helandrin. And he spent the last few months using you to make it happen. I don't know why I don't know who's behind it, but that's what I'm working on here. Yeah. This is sort of lending credence to my theory that it's the pawn call trying to, force a war so that then when both countries are devastated they can just step in yeah i mean it, it it seems like the list of people who would benefit from this war at least people we know of is pretty small so i, I think your idea makes sense it could all i mean it could be any foreign power honestly who might benefit from seeing these two take each other down but we don't really know any other like foreign power type groups we didn't really know there were any until hoyd brought them up in his little story time and then it's like well we haven't seen any characters from any of them so punk is really right? the only faction that isn't in play here yeah i mean there were other we were told in that story about other nations that like fell during the many war and so one of them might be pissed off and trying to come make a comeback or something but if they are then the foreshadowing has been so slight we haven't seen it at all so yeah right yeah it's going to turn out one of the characters we know is from there although i think we know where most people are from we know that uh tonk fa is pan call and jules was from Holandrin. we don't know where dent or vasher is from I think maybe everybody else. I guess we don't know for sure that like Trelides is from here, but you got to figure if he became high priest of the God King, he's probably got uh, a reliable uh, history that they can trace. Yeah. And uh, like Vasher's like, I couldn't believe that you didn't realize what you were doing. I assume that you were intentionally trying to start the war. I underestimated your stupidity. Get dressed. I don't know if we have Ouch. enough time to undo it, but we're going to try. <laughs> You gotta love it when he's somebody's just like, you're stupider than I even gave you credit for. Like, it's impressive, actually. And so what they do is he takes her to meet with some Idrians, but not like, uh, you know, nice restaurant situation. It's like somebody's, I'm not even sure where this is. On their way, she's like, Denth made me think the war was inevitable. My father thinks it's inevitable. Everybody says it's going to happen. And Vasher's like, no. War between you guys has been close for decades, but never inevitable. Basically, the the returned care way too much about themselves to want something as disruptive as a war unless you give them a really convincing reason. And then she starts like, oh, man, I've single handedly brought my people to the edge of war. And he's like, yeah, don't give yourself that much credit. Dent has been working on this for a long time. I hear he even corrupted the Idrian ambassador himself. <laughs> he just he just shuts everything down. It's like, oh my god, I brought everything to the brink of war. It's like, hey, 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 don't think too highly of yourself in that either. <laughs> yeah, you're dumb, but you're you're also like not nearly that capable. So, <laughs> so it's like, you know, like, you know, hey, 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 
don't worry, you're not just dumb, you're also not very consequential. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. So Vasher thinks that wh- whoever's behind Denth and this whole plan is one of the gods, maybe a cabal of the gods, or maybe some of the priests working on their own. He's not sure. And then she asked the big question, like, why do you care? Like, why are you involved in this at all? And he just says, because. And when she pushes, he's like, no, look, look, I'm not Denth. I'm, I'm, I don't have his ability with words. I don't really like people. So don't expect chit chat. All right. Which, hey, man, I've, I've been there. People suck. I get it, Vasher. It's OK. Yeah, no, it's 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 normal, Vasher. Like, I, I literally have a D&D character whose catchphrase is I'm not good with people. I get it. <laughs> And then when they get to the place they're going and he knocks on the door, like somebody peeks out and he's just like, get out of the way and shoves the person, the door open and the person out of the way. And so, yeah, they're they go into a cellar and there's just a bunch of guys sitting around in the cellar. And one of them's like, hey, Vasher, welcome. You want something to drink? No. And then he pushes Vivena forward and says hair. And so she does the hair thing and they're like, oh, it's the princess. Tell them you don't want them to go to war. And she's like, no, yeah, I don't want a war. And they're like, well, when did she change her mind? And he has her explain that, like, she she was being manipulated. She didn't really want a war. And then he's like, okay, so what are you guys going to do to stop this now? And they're like, that's not, like, just because she says so, we're supposed to do what she says. And he's just like, don't you guys understand that if Halandrin goes to war with Idris, then you're all dead. Like, you think things are bad now? Just wait till your enemy sympathizers instead of just, like, Idrians in the slums. And they're like, well, what do you expect us to do? Like, just submit to their treatment, cave in, worship their indolent gods. He's like, I don't care what you do as long as you're not starting a war. And one of the guys, the young guys like, oh, they hate us. They treat us worse than the statues in the streets. And Vivenna is is like, I know that anger. I've I've been that person who feels that way. But in truth, now that she's experienced life on the streets, she's like, they don't hate us. They just don't care, which is actually even more infuriating that they <laughs> yeah, they don't care about us. Yeah. Yeah. And the people are talking about, you know, the Idrians, they're angry. The the young people are, are heading out searching for the ju- the jungles for Khaled's legendary army just because it's something to hope for. I keep forgetting about this fucking legendary army. It's like, that is not something I should keep forgetting about. They do mention it a lot. Like, if it doesn't come into play in some way, it'll be a little bit strange, right? Khaled's phantoms it's it, it just always makes me think of uh of like return of the king or whatever it is where he, sure he goes out and gets the ghosts who owe his family a favor yeah yep. ghost pirates the, 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 the ghosts living in the mountain just chilling yeah it's been a very long time since i've seen those movies although yeah, i guess true. We, we watched the first one again a while not too long ago but i need to do that yeah. too. and uh okay so the the people are angry about the slaughter a few weeks back uh, where the lifeless cops like killed people in the Adrian slums, and Vasher's like lifeless cops. Well, I mean that's what they were. They're like I city know, patrol. Know, but just when you put it like that, I'm just imagining them all in their yeah. great forms marching up the street, like they're trying to bark. Uh, they, they can't talk. I know there was source material, but R.I.P.D. would have been better if it was lifeless cops. <laughs> you like what? I'm amazed that isn't like a a movie on. Oh, is it the asylum who makes those really shitty low budget things? Um, have, you know, like zo- zombie cops, gray lives matter or some bullshit. There probably is somewhere out there. I mean, you want to talk about shitty and low budget. They did make RIPD too. So, Oh, good Lord. 
Uh, I, I watched like half of that on Netflix and I was like, I can't even. The only I reason I, I even started it was. No, nah, I mean, it, it was it was OK. Ryan Reynolds Jeff, and, and Jeff Bridges are fun. Jeff Jeff Bridges was going full ham and yeah. like that's never <laughs> a bad thing. But in the, in the second movie, they have the guy from Burn Notice playing like young Jeff Bridges character from the first movie. Mm. Which is I, I like I like that guy pretty well because I loved Burn Notice and so that's why I started watching that movie but I couldn't make it through. It's like you, you're trying to fill Jeff Bridges' shoes, boy, your feet gonna be small. <laughs> that's the dumbest your thing hand, I've ever said. Son of a bitch. But uh, so Vasher says that the lifeless who attacked the slums weren't given their orders by the government. Someone slipped a few broken lifeless into the group with orders to kill so that things would turn ugly. And Vivian is like, wait, what? And in case you're wondering, it is true. Back in in that chapter, in the annotations, Brandon mentions that uh, certain parties have broken some of the lifeless and slipped them in here for that purpose. Like, uh, it, it, they didn't even know when it was going to happen. They just had them in there ready so that when an opportunity arose, it, it would cause trouble and stir things up. So the fact that it happened when Vivenna was meeting with the the – leaders of the Idrian like underground or whatever that was a lucky coincidence and i like vasher says the holandron theocracy is a top heavy structure laden with bureaucratic foolishness and inertia it never moves until someone pushes it but if we have riots in the streets that's what the war faction is going to need that's the push I, I love how much he's relying on the fact that it's like yeah this these gods are so lazy and so selfish that they're not going to go to war unless you give them a reason to Stop giving them reasons. And Vivenna's just sitting in the back. She's like, I mean, I could help him, but should I? Like, Denth was messing me around this entire time. Like, tricking me into doing what he wanted. Is Vasher doing the same thing? But also, do I want a war? Do I actually think that I could stop a war? And then she's like, well, that was my original plan, to talk to the God King when I became his wife and stop the war. Which, actually, Siri seems to be kind of... Uh, doing exactly that or attempting to it's just the god king doesn't have as much influence as you probably think and finally like she one of the men says it's too late and she says no please don't say that tell the people that they have options tell them to be strong stronger than i was because i failed you i'm a disgrace but don't let my failure doom you and she says there's got to be a better way and idrian is their queen now maybe if we give them some time they'll get over their prejudice and somebody points out, it's like, yeah, I mean, we are Idrian, but it's hard for us to care about Idris all that much. Like, our families are here. This is more important. And she thinks a month ago I would have been upset about that and offended. But after after what what's happened, I get it. Why would anyone care about Idris if their families are starving right now, right here? And she says, look, it's not going to be better if Holandrin conquers Idris. Like, it'll, That will just make things worse for you. And she even says, maybe I'll talk to my dad. Maybe we can get you guys returned to Idris. And one of the guys is like, my family's been here for 50 years. Like, we don't want to go back to Idris. And she says, okay, fine. But I mean, while Idris has a king, then you have an ally and we can work diplomatically. And they say, the king doesn't care about us. And she says, I care. We're, we'll find a way. We'll, we'll, we'll make this work. We'll do something better than having a war, which we are not going to do well in if we do have one. And finally, one of the guys is like, well, she's sincere. I'll give her that at least. And she offers, uh, if we can make peace, I'll make sure that people back at home see you guys as heroes. And one of them's like, hero, huh? I mean, that would be nice. It's got a nice ring to it. 
Nameless guy, the hero. Yeah, I like it. And so that kind of sways them on top of all the other arguments. They're like, okay, we'll see what we can do. And then they leave, and Vasher says thanks, and she's like, I didn't do it for you. And then he says, okay, get up. We got someone else to talk to. And she comes out with it. She's like, look, how do I know you're not doing the same thing that Denth was doing and just lying to me? You don't know. You'll just have to do what I say. And he's like, look, look, we both agree that war is bad for Idris, right? All you got to do is tell the people that you don't want a war. She's like, and what if I don't want to? Are you going to force me? And he he pulls out a bag of money and gives it to her. He's like, just go. Go back to Idris. I'll do it without you. This is too hard with you here. Bye. Yeah. You are too much trouble. It's kind of like that scene from Final Empire where Kelsier gives Vin all the money and is like, you don't trust us. This isn't going to work. Just go. And she's, she's thinking about this and she's like, the worst part is I, I there's a part of me that still feels like this is all just a misunderstanding. Like Denth really is my friend and I should go and like, you know, try to work things out. But then I remember, you know, my friend Parlin getting murdered by them and the soldiers my father sent to find me stuffed into sacks. So. And Vasher says, you're not the first one he's taken in. Denth is a subtle man. A man like him can be evil to the core, but if he's charismatic and amusing, people will listen. They'll even like him. Yes, we call that the Tom Hiddleston as Loki situation. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, Vasher says, I'm not popular. I get mad and frustrated. I snap at people. But I'm going to promise you this. I'm not going to lie to you. I want to stop the war. That's all that matters to me right now. We yeah. still don't know why. Way to be self-aware. <laughs> Way to be right? self-aware, yeah. Vasher. If nothing else, he knows who he is and recognizes his faults. He doesn't seem to want to try to change them, but... And she's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Do you really think we can stop the war? And he says, maybe, assuming I can keep myself from beating the colors out of all these Idrians for acting like idiots. And I love her thought, a pacifist with temper control issues. What a combination. <laughs> and so he's going to take her to other places like this. He doesn't know important, powerful people like Denth knows. They're going to be meeting with just regular people, regular people who, like, have some influence with the people around them. Because they're respected in their communities, basically. And the chapter ends with her being like, okay, and here we go again. I just hope I'm on the right side this time. And then we cut to Siri and Sussabron for chapter 44. Eating some more food in his in in the, I don't even know what you call this, the conception room? That's that was that, that, That's apparently the only thing it's for? I don't know. They started getting food every night now and just hanging out together, eating. And he's eating all these pastries and she's like, you're going to get fat if you eat those. And he's like, no, not me. It doesn't. My mother explained this. It doesn't work for us like it works for you. We always look the same, which deeply unfair. But I mean, I guess they had to die to get there, so maybe it's fair. Semi earned. Yeah, right. And they have a conversation where she's talking about corrupting him, and he's still trying to understand when when things are sarcasm and when they're not. And she says, "Ah, that was half sarcastic." And he's like, "Half sarcasm? Is this a new thing? Like, come on, I, I still don't get the full sarcasm." And she wants him to be more impulsive and independent. And he's like, oh, speaking of, don't be mad at me, but I did a thing. I talked to the priests. And no, I didn't tell them about us. But I asked, like, why did my father have die right after he had a child? And she says, good. And he's like, oh, you're not mad at me? And she says, I mean, I was just encouraging you to be more impulsive. So I can't really complain when you do it. But basically, the priest's response was, oh, don't worry. Everything will be fine. So he asked them repeatedly, and they just gave him vague answers. And so he's he's starting to think maybe she's been right about this. 
that the, his priests are up to something behind his back and maybe it's not good for him. And Siri hasn't been able to get any more specific information. It says she had three other storytellers in, but none of them have more information than Hoyt had. And she thinks it's about the breath because of how Trelides talked about the breath that he's that uh, the God King holds. And so the God King theorizes maybe the entire monarchy of Helandrin Hel- is just a way to keep this breath safe and passed on from person to person so that no one will use it and it'll be kept Basically what Trelody said, didn't he? He kind of did. I mean, he didn't say that that was the entire purpose of the uh, of the monarchy, but he did say that, like, Peacegiver asked us for one thing, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's like you hold on to it till the second coming. Yeah. And she's like, that means the God King's even more of a vessel than I am, and they keep calling me vessel. And then she's like, also, it's really convenient that the God King always has a stillborn son and becomes returned. And he's like, oh, my gosh, but what if the next God King isn't the son of the current God King? And she's like, that's it. Somewhere in the kingdom, a baby died and returned. And that's why it's suddenly so urgent that I get pregnant. They've already got the next God King lined up. And they just need to, like, keep up the the farce of us having a kid long enough to switch out the baby with the the returned one. That seems unlikely to me just because... Like they, how would that have aligned of when when the treaty came mm-hmm. to? That would have been know? a huge coincidence, yeah. If it just so happened that at the moment the treaty came to, you have a, a child return. Unless, like the 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 other option is, like these priests know how returned are created, and they're actually manipulating that. Oh. So they waited till the treaty was about to come up. Thought, all right, let's get things ready. Let's go. Ret- let's go return an infant. That could be. They they might have way more information than we know. That's true. Yeah. Clearly, they're keeping secrets. We just don't know how many secrets. And like she points out, it's like, how does an infant return in a heroic or virtuous or whatever way that earns them the right to be returned? And he's just like, I don't know. He, he doesn't know, and she can see that it kind of bothers him that he doesn't know. Haven't you ever heard of those stories of babies lifting cars off their mothers? Pretty sure that's the other way around. <laughs> And they're like, but why? Like, why do it this way? Like, if the God Kings are just supposed to be holding on to the breath, why not have one guy hold it? They don't age. They could go on forever. And he's like, I don't know, maybe, like, if you keep a God King captive too long, they start asking questions and children are just easier to control. And she said, okay, okay, but some of the God Kings lasted for centuries. Wouldn't that mean they want to replace them more often? Maybe it has to do with how rebellious they think their king is. And he's like, hey, I do everything I'm supposed to do. You just complain that I'm too obedient. And she's like, well, I'm compared to me. Maybe from their viewpoint, you're a wild man. You held on to that book that your mom gave you. And she asked the question that somebody, one of us was asking at the beginning, which is, so no other return can have children. Why is the God King different exactly? Maybe that's just something that they say to get around the fact that they're bringing in a new person every time. And then he gets sad and he's like, if that's true, that means that the woman who raised me wasn't my mom. She was the only person who ever cared about me. And Sarah's like, if she raised you, then she was your mom. It doesn't matter who gave birth to you. And maybe she was your real mom anyway. Like if they were going to bring you here in secret, why not bring her too? And I guess we don't know. I mean, presumably his father, the God King or his father, if whether that's true, that that's actually his father or not. 
his quote unquote father would have had a queen who supposedly gave birth to him. So I don't know that they could bring another woman in to raise him unless it was like, this is your nanny without, you know, somebody noticing that the person that he treats as his mother is not the queen who is supposedly his mother. Yeah. Well, before though, I mean, before it was a royal line person, maybe the queen didn't matter as much because they don't treat her very nicely. Mm. And she uh, she's of the royal line. So, I mean, maybe it was more of a thing of like they they didn't really care about her. So she wasn't that noticed. So they could, could have be. easily like had whoever. Yeah, maybe. I mean, somebody says like we haven't had a queen in the court in 30 years or whatever. So it sounds like there was a queen. Well, I mean, how important she was. You're right. We don't really know. So, but. Also, I don't know that any of the returned currently in the court were alive 30 years ago and saw that previous queen. So maybe they don't even know what they're talking about. And now he's like, it's it, now that we're talking about this, it seems suspicious to me that she died the way she did when she was one of the few people who could have told me the truth. And then he's like, let's can we not tell me about your family? And then we get serious perspective on her family. Bridger, her older brother, who's the heir. She's like, I had him thoroughly corrupted until he got old enough to appreciate his duties. He's kind of like you, kind-hearted, always trying to do what was right. And I, I, there was Fafin. I didn't know her so well because she went to the monasteries when I was really young. But she's always helping people because that's what the monks do. And he's like, oh, it's a little like a king, living life to serve others. And she's like, well, I mean, yeah, only they don't get locked up and they can stop doing it if they want. Which I guess I don't know that we knew that, but it's good to know that if you don't want to be a monk, you don't have to be a monk. You can stop I had to resign. Uh, okay. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'll figure it out. I mean, the monks have a lot of experience doing whatever needs doing, like gro helping grow food, taking care of people. I'm sure they can find a job. Yeah, sure. And she's like, it's so lucky that Fafin got chosen as a monk and not me, because I would not have done well. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, but you could have quit. You can't exactly quit being the God King's wife. Yeah, it's true. I mean, my guess is it's harder for the royal line to quit if they're a monk because there's pressure on it one would of the really bad. to be a monk. Yeah, true. Mm. And then she's like, after that, there's just Vivenna, the one that you were supposed to marry. She spent her whole life preparing to come here. And Susabron being, he he's pretty insightful given how little he's interacted with people. He's like, she must hate me, knowing that she, growing up the whole time, knowing she was going to have to leave her family and live with a man she didn't know. And Siri's like, oh, no, Vena was looking forward to it. I don't think she can feel hatred, which just shows us how well Siri knew her big sister. Or maybe it was how convincing Vivenna was with the like, you know, the face that she put on for everyone. But Siri, she's like, look, I love Vivenna. I do. But she spent my whole life like mothering me, my big sister getting me out of trouble, scolding me and then like keeping me from getting punished as much as I probably should have. They're probably all at home right now worried sick about me. And he says, you sound like you're worried about them. And she's like, I am. I've been listening to the priests argue in the court, and it does not sound good. And then he's uh, you, you start getting the sweet moment where he's like, I was wrong. You know, my mom wasn't the only one who showed me kindness and love. Like, I have you. And then he kisses her and she kisses him back. And she's Blech. like, oh, my gosh, this is a bad idea. I really am too hasty. I need to get better at controlling my impulses some other time. And that's the end of that chapter. Ew, gross kissing. We made we made these jokes about, you know, Claude and Jules, but is this technically necrophilia? Uh, you know, I think at least uh, the, the zombie or whatever in this case can consent. 
So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not as gross regardless of what you want to call it. Uh, okay, so we've got our ver- our chapter 45, the short chapter. Two paragraphs long, although one of those paragraphs is a sentence. That night, Lightsong dreamed of Titular burning, of the God King dead, and of soldiers in the streets, of lifeless killing people in colorful clothing, and of a black sword. Huh. Sounds like a lovely dream. And in Brandon's annotations, he was like, I was tempted to make this annotation the longest of all, just for irony's sake, but I thought that might get boring, so I didn't do that. <laughs> but he does have some interesting things to say. So originally, this was the first time that Light Song dreams explicitly of Titular burning. And so it was a lot more impactful as like, oh, wow, shit just got real. He's mentioned earlier, and I didn't bring it up because it, it would have been kind of spoilery at that point. Earlier in the book, when he's had the other dreams talked about, that those were added in later when, I don't remember, his editor or somebody was like, we need to make Light Song's stuff feel more relevant, feel more involved in the overall story. So he added in some of these dreams earlier so that you knew that Light Song's dreams weren't just weird shit that he was seeing, that it was like something related to whatever the bigger situation that's happening is. And so he regrets that this one doesn't have like the punch that it did originally, but still thinks that the book overall is stronger for what he the changes. And then at the bottom, it says, and yes, he dreams this while Siri and the God King are having sex for the first time. That is not a coincidence. Okay. Next chapter, chapter 46, not 56. (laughs) Vivenna is eating dried squid. So squid jerky, basically. And she's not a fan. But after living on the street for two weeks with, like, practically no food, she's just going to eat it. She's like, if I breathe through my mouth, I can't taste it as much. And apparently Vasher's been dragging her all over the place, meeting these groups of people. He doesn't ask if she wants to continue or, or anything. He's just like, we're, we're going. Going on to the next and the next and the next. Although right now she's back at the rooms and he's off somewhere doing Vasher stuff. Who knows? And she has her kind of introspective chapter, uh, or at least the first part of the chapter, where she's like, who am I now? Like, I'm not the woman that I was when I came here. I'm not I'm I'm just I'm very different from her in a lot of important ways at this point. But who does that make me? I'm not even this person like this penitent, quiet princess bowing her head and pleading with people. That's kind of an act as well. And so she's trying to figure out, like, who am I? Who do I want to be? I spent my whole life preparing myself, becoming the woman that I needed to be to marry the God King. But I was also a hypocrite because like, I, I was trying to be humble, but taking these teachings of the five visions too far. And she's like, the things that the five visions teach, humility, sacrifice, seeing another problems before your own, those were good. But I let like adherence to these things become pr- a pr- source of pride in itself. Must be exhausting being so conflicted about literally everything in your life. Yeah, right. Because she's like, yeah, I want to learn awakening. And that's also directly in opposition to everything that I believe. So, but she's like, look, I don't want to go back to being helpless. Then this is a thing that I have that can help me not be helpless. So I'm going to learn to use it, even if I also think that it's wrong. And so she's like, okay, if I'm going to learn to use it, I need to go and practice. And so she takes that piece of rope, which uh, she got her breath back out of that too. So she has pretty much all the breath that she started with. I don't know. Did we lose any anywhere? I don't think it's said, did it? No, no, it doesn't say for sure. So she tries to use a tree to draw color from 
to awaken the rope and tells it to hold things. But it draws color from her clothing instead and turns uh, her tunic to gray. But the command does work. The rope holds things. But it also, like, tries to hold her hand as as well as holding whatever else. And she's like, she's like, no, stop. And, of course, it doesn't stop. And she has to be like, okay, no, get, get her breath back. The hold things works, but it's not very specific. And so she says, hold that branch. And this time it takes more breath. And she loses the color from her trousers. But the end of the rope wraps around the branch. And she manages to infer the more complicated the command is, the more breath it requires. Okay, I'm getting the hang of this. And now her clothes are all gray, so she has to find something else to use. So she, she picks up a stick. And she can take color from the stick. For, for some reason, the stick works to draw color from, although it needs more breath doing that. The tree does not work, maybe because it's alive. And so eventually she has to go and uh, get some of Vasher's colored handkerchiefs, which clearly he keeps just for this purpose. And so she's going to try some new commands. Hold things when I tell that I tell you to hold, but that doesn't work. Hold that branch when I tell you. No. Hold whatever I say. Also no. And then Vasher pops in behind her and he's like, try hold when thrown. And that does work. I think we've seen him use that, so it shouldn't be too shocking that that works. And she goes, hey, that's useful. And he's like, yeah, dangerous, though. How are you going to get that back now that you've thrown it up at a branch and it's stuck in the tree? And he he he's Nightblood to hook the branch back down so she can get her breath back out of the rope. Yeah, so maybe that's how you lose your breath. Yep. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of objects that are really high that no one can reach, full of breath that no one can pull out because they don't know the command to do so. Well, and only the person who put the breath in there in the first yeah. place can get it out. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it's somebody put breath in shoes and threw them over a power line or whatever. <laughs> There's actually a city ordinance core of collecting um, breath filled objects and like, <laughs> putting them in a lost and found. That would be nice. And he says, I like to use a longer rope. That way you can keep a hold of one end and the other end will like wrap around stuff that you throw it at. <laughs> and he tells her, come on, you've made enough of a spectacle for one day. And she notices that a lot of people are looking at her. She's like, I wasn't that obvious, was I? And he's like, how many people do you see in Titular with gray clothing? So that the fact that all of her clothing is gray immediately calls her out as an awakener. Oh, they're they're very colorful in Holandrin. And he's like, aren't you Idrian? Like, what? Why are you so into awakening? And she's like, I mean, I have it. I may as well learn to use it. It's like, good. I never understood why ostracism suddenly turned its back on awakening. It wasn't like that before the many war. And she says, really? And he's like, yeah, obviously. And. She's just like, he often says stuff like that, like things that seem far-fetched, but he says them like he knows what he's talking about. And he asked her if she wants some more squid. And she's like, no. But I give you a bad piece? And he has to, like, kind of cajole her into telling him. He's like, I just, I don't like fish that much. He's like, well, I've been feeding you fish for five days. And she's like, well, I mean, I wasn't going to complain. You're the, you're my source of food. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, ah, women. I got fish five days in a row. You don't like fish. You should tell us. You should have said something. And so he says, I want, or she says, I want you to teach me about awakening. Like Denth taught me a few commands, but it was the same day that you took me captive. So I really don't have much information here. And he, I like, he, he nods and they sit quietly for a few minutes. And she's like, well, are you going to say something? He's like, I'm thinking awakening. I, I have trouble explaining this to other people. Don't rush me. And she goes, okay, it's okay. Take your time. Don't patronize me either. I was being polite. Well, next time, be polite with less condescension in your voice. And she's like, well, I wasn't. Uh, this guy. There's no pleasing you. 
<laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's like be polite with less condescension in your voice. That's a that's that's one for the memory banks. <laughs> right. Uh, use that. Damn it, Karen. And so he says, okay, I may as well teach you how to use it. I'm sick of you walking around with that bright aura of yours that you can't even use. So let's go into it. And he immediately launches into like a college lecture, which she was not expecting. And we will hit the high points up. There are four kinds of biochromatic entities. The first and the most spectacular are the returned. They're called gods here in Helandrin, but I'd rather call them spontaneous, sentient, biochromatic manifestations in a deceased host. Man, Why would you, you rather call them that? <laughs> right? <laughs> Why are you going like, to make it hard? But like, no, like, none of those words start with a vowel. You can't even make a cool acronym out of it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be SSBCMDH. Doesn't work. Um, yeah, no, not at all. What's odd about them is they're the only naturally occurring biochromatic entity, which is theoretically the explanation for why they can't use or bestow their biochromatic investiture, which I don't know that we've investiture. Hey, that's a word we know. Maybe it's in the sacred texts. All power to the engines. This could explain why All type glory to the hypnotoad. The mm-hmm. hypnotoad. I can't make the hypnotoad noise or I would. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know how to do it either. <laughs> and so like he, he 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 like does all this in a breath basically where he just launches into this instantly He's like, that that could explain what type ones retain sentience and Vena is just like blinking at him like this is not what i what i thought was going to happen shut up Vena. we're all here for this type two being man mindless manifestations in a deceased host they're cheap to make even with awkward commands per the law of biochromatic parallelism which yeah so um Good, closer, good. I'm tracking. I'm following. The, cl- the closer a host is to a living shape and form, the easier it is to awaken, which we saw when he, like, you know, makes cloth look like a person because he uses less breath or he makes the little straw man. Biochroma is the power of life, and so it seeks patterns of life, which leads us to another law, the law of comparability, which says that the amount of breath required to awaken something isn't necessarily indicative of its power once awakened. A square piece of cloth and a cloth shaped like a person take different amounts of breath to awaken, but are essentially the same once they've been invested. So also interesting and and makes sense with everything we've seen so far. And so he's like, OK, after going through a big, long spiel, he's like, do you understand? And she's like, I mean, it's a little bit dense. Well, do you want to learn or not? And she's like, you asked me if I understood. And I answered, What's, why are you so mean? It's like all of a sudden we get it. Vasha used to be a teacher, and he grew <laughs> to hate his students so much because they were all so fucking dumb and, you know, didn't oh, yeah. want to listen. So now he's just like, oh, I'm fucking done with this shit. I quit. I'm going to live with my sword. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't taught in a long time. I'm done with this. There's morons. They don't get it. Uh, he's just fallen back into old patterns. Like, he, he's about to pull out. He's going to do what Kelsey did and just pull the whiteboard out of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. With, like, the like the long pointy thing. And he's like, going to be like, look, there's going to be a test. Black pens only, no blue. If you, if you write in blue, I'm not going to grade it. Yep. So, but like, he just can't shake the old anger. It's like, ah, last time I was lecturing this, like someone got a pea shooter and, lo- and like stuck stuff to the back of my head. <laughs> my hair's so long, I, could, I didn't find it till later that night. Yeah, by that. He does, it, it, he does seem so much like a teacher here. But yeah. not, not a nice teacher. <laughs> No, he's the grumpy teacher who's like, I've been doing this for for 20 years and I still haven't gotten a pay rise. And like, I'm not going to be able to retire. So <laughs> He says that type two biochromatic entities are what people here call lifeless. 
So type ones are returned, type twos are lifeless. They require anywhere between one and hundreds of breaths to awaken, depending on the commands you use. They need a special alcohol solution to remain functional past a few years. And because of their organic host, the breath clings to the body and cannot be withdrawn once invested. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know about them. Denth and his team have one. And he's like, yeah, I know. Which that sounds uh, a little ominous. I'm sure it's just because he knows who it is. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, sound if, like yeah. He definitely knows more. If I hadn't told you guys that it was uh, our still or whatever, maybe you'd be like, oh, what is that? I really am surprised. Like after you told us that reading, it's like how much it makes sense with stuff for something that doesn't actually come up in the book. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I presume that's why it's in the annotations. It doesn't come up in the book. I'm just like, wow, it's really leaning on that for something that I can, you know, it, it won't get told to us. Now, honestly, I don't remember if it's ever explicitly said in the book. Maybe it is like towards the end or something. And it's just like, you know, it's just not as big a deal as it would uh, that that I was like, you know, if I spoil this, it'll it'll change their view of the book or whatever. So I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while since I read the end of this book. I just assume if it's in the annotations, it doesn't come up in the main text. That's my rule of thumb. Some things are definitely like that. Like there's there's one that I was going to tell I was going to mention today. And now that we're, we're uh, when he talks about calm seer. And like how she gave up her breath and died. Like he, he said that she was just tired of trying, having give so giving so much to the people and never feeling like she's giving enough. So finally, she like gave herself up. And that's he doesn't the the, the annotation explains exactly what happened when Comsier gave up her breath. And I won't get into it now because it could potentially change how you view some things. But I will say it's like what he says is Light Song doesn't understand as well as he thinks he does what actually happened there. And if you guys are interested by the time we get to the end here i will i will explain it at the end of the book if you like but anyway okay. you'll have so. to remind us at that point i think if i remember i will do that uh, anyway so he says that the commands needed to awaken even your religion talks about commands they say oster commands the return to come back but understanding commands is tough it took us it's taken us centuries to discover the most efficient way to bring a body to a lifeless state and even now we're not sure we understand how well it works like that's the first thing that i want to get cro- across is that like biochroma is complicated and we don't really understand most of it which is funny because we discovered a similar a similar thing early on in mistborn that they thought they understood alamancy really well and they really didn't know nearly as much as they thought and vasher is saying that they're kind of in the same situation, except he understands that they don't understand it that well. He's like, yeah, we don't really know what we're doing. And she says, but you sound so technical and precise. He's like, well, I mean, we figured out some stuff. Awakeners really haven't been around that long. And we talked about that before. It was like 400 years ago that Awakening was first discovered. So in terms of the history of the world, it hasn't been all that long. We don't know a lot about it. Like, why are the specific commands so important? Why do they have to be in your native language? How do returned what brings them back in the first place? We have no idea. Why are lifeless, dull-minded, and returned or fully sentient? We don't know. Which brings us to type 3 biochromatic entities, which is what you would normally think of as awakening. A biochromatic manifestation in an organic host that is far removed from having been alive. Cloth, sticks, plant matter. And she says, what about bones? And he's like, bones are weird. They take a lot more breath to awaken. And they're really not that useful or not more useful than a uh, a lifeless after you've awakened them. 
intact corpses make far more sense economically, even if you can't recover the breath from them. So it sounds like the way that he says that, it sounds like if you make a skeleton come to life, you can get the breath back. It's not stuck to it like it is to a lifeless. But it takes so much more breath to do that that it's not it's not really worth it. It's like the opposite of a candra. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They love bones. It's like, oh, we need the bones and we make this shit easy. And these guys are just like, nah, <laughs> bones are the hardest thing of all. <laughs> Can I have those hands when you're done with them? Because those, <laughs> uh, those are nice hands. That those just, are nice hands. Dude, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I he know. is. I, I was, uh, it's disappointing that he wasn't like a secret Contra bad guy because he's a creepy dude. He's a creepy dude. <laughs> but, okay, so because you can draw breaths back from awakened things, these type three, they've learned a lot more about them because they, they can experiment more. They can try to c- try out new commands, see what works, what doesn't work. But usually you need a simple command, something basic stated in a, stated in a simple way. And she's like, I tried some simple commands. They didn't work. And he's like, no, what you tried sounds simple, but it's not really simple. Like simple commands are like two words, grab something, hold something, move up, move down. And you have to be able to visualize it correctly. For instance, the command protect me, the only two words, is extremely complicated. So are others like fetch something, which we uh, we talked about that briefly. Back at the beginning of the book, he awakened a little man and told it to fetch keys which is, in fact, an extremely complicated command to give it, even though it sounds simple enough. And so that that was that was the, 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 a little hint early on that this guy's really good at awakening. He knows what he's doing. And so he says the more words you add, the more complicated the mental component does becomes, which is why discovering a new command can take a lot of study. And she's like, oh, yeah, like 300 years ago when the one breath commands for lifeless were discovered and basically started the many war. He's like, well, I mean, yeah, that was one of the things that caused the war, but it's not not really important. The main thing is we're still children when it comes to awakening, and you need to understand this. It also doesn't help that a lot of people who learn new valuable commands don't share them and probably die with that knowledge, which, yeah, with something like one breath lifeless, that is so useful that you wouldn't want to share that, probably. You would be giving up a lot of power that way. Yeah, there's a lot of knowledge gatekeeping. When it comes to this power, it seems like. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, and so she's like, okay, but you said there are four. What, what's the fourth type? You got human body with sentience, human body without sentience, object without sentience. So that means the fourth one would be like a object with sentience, right? Like a returned, but in something that's not a human body. And he's like, he does not want to answer that. And when she says, hey, you didn't answer that. He's like, I'm not going to answer that. And I advise you never to ask it again. Understand? And she's like, oh, geez, all right, sorry. Although we do know know something, as Jamie pointed out, that sounds kind of like what she's talking about. And then to distract a her from all this. sword with sentience, sorry. To distract her from all this, he's like, oh, here, I, I brought you a sword. And she's like, I don't know how to use a sword. He says, then learn. If you know how to fight, you'll be less annoying to have around. I won't have to keep pulling you out of trouble all the time. <laughs> I like how he's not like, I'll teach you. He's like, then figure it out. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, how does he expect her to learn if he's not offering to teach her? But whatever. It's like, just poke stuff. You'll figure it out. But I I love he's like, I don't want to pull you out of trouble all the time. And she's like, you did that one time. And he's like, it'll happen again. (laughs) Probably not wrong on that one. Right? Yeah, probably not. And that brings us to the last chapter. Light Song who's sitting here thinking about his dreams of people dying and the, the city burning. And he's just like. 
what am I supposed to do here? And he thinks about like the meeting with all mother, all mother reminded him of, of calm seer who she'd been closer to being a divinity than any return that he'd known. She cared about her followers, but it wasn't like all mother's act of like, I'm, I'm worried what'll happen if they stop worshiping. It was, she really cared, but even she couldn't give them as much as they expected. And that was why she eventually gave up her life. He thinks. And then Laramar's like, dude, are you okay? And he says, no man should be this important. It does strange things to you. We weren't built for it. And Laramar's like, I mean, you're a god. You like literally were built for it. And he says, no, I'm not a god. And Laramar's just like, you don't get to choose that. We worship you and that makes you our god. That's how it works. We are the little shrimp people living on Bender's belly. You are Bender. <laughs> and now, now I'm picturing Light Song as Bender. So, so John DiMaggio <laughs> should play Light Song is what we're saying. Right. I mean, he puts on the, the hedonistic front. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and so he says, I'm not sure what to do. I thought I had it figured out. All Mother was doing such a good job standing up against Blushweaver. So I thought if I gave her my commands, she'd know what to do with them. She'd be able to oppose Blushweaver. Or she'd she'd understand if it was better to support or oppose Blushweaver. And Larry Mark's like, well, I mean, you could just let her. You You did give her your commands. And he's, he's like, but what it comes down to is the first one of us that changes the commands of the other persons will have control of half of this army. Do I want that to be me? Do I want to just sit back and let history take care of itself? Or do I want to jump in and probably screw everything up? And he's like, whoever's out there that sent me back, why couldn't you just leave me alone? I died. Couldn't you just let me be dead? And we find out he says that he knows for a fact he is one of the most popular returned, visited by more petitioners, given more art than anybody else. And why? What is wrong with these people? Why are they so in need of something to worship that they choose me? And uh, he says that all mother was worried about the perceived lack of faith among the common people, but he doesn't agree. He knew of theories that the gods who live the longest were the weak ones because the system encouraged the best to sacrifice themselves. However, the same number of petitioners came to him now as when he first started. Plus, too few gods were chosen on the whole for that to be statistically valid. And so, like, he's like, this is my moment. This is where I could prove myself an indolent wastrel. But is that what I want? All Mother apparently isolates herself, doesn't even really attend the debates in the assembly. While Blushweaver is very involved and knows all the other gods and goddesses and how to manipulate them. So maybe All Mother is not the right person politically to put up against Blushweaver. Especially if he's wanting to look out for Siri and make sure she doesn't get crushed in the in the middle. And if I walk away and stuff goes wrong, I'm still to blame because I chose to give up. And almost, it seems almost unrelated when it starts. But he's just like, Lermar, the woman in my dreams, was she my wife? I have to, I really need to know. And he says, no, she was not your wife, not lover either, but she was important to me. Very. And is she still alive? And Laramar almost doesn't want to answer that. And then he just nods his head. And Light Song is like, so the a person who's very important to me is still alive. And if this city falls, then she's going to be in danger. All of the people who worship me are going to be in danger. But this one person that I know was very important to me. Even if I don't know who she is or why she was important. And so he goes still alive and then goes to walk down the steps and goes to the lifeless enclave where the lifeless are stored. And Brandon's note here is uh, they keep them in the dark. This is a bad idea. 
They don't realize it, but the lifeless are far more aware than everyone assumes. Claude in this book is a foreshadowing of that, and there won't be much more about it in the rest of the novel. It's one of the focus points for the sequel, if I ever write it, which will actually have a lifeless as a viewpoint character if I can find a way to swing it. Ooh. Ooh, that would be cool. Right? I don't know what a lifeless viewpoint looks like, but it has some potential. No. Yeah. I am grouped. And so it, it... it doesn't sound likely from what we've just heard that uh, the woman he sees in his visions is like Vivenna, which was a, a prediction earlier. But I guess it's still possible. Maybe he knew Vivenna and cared about her. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I feel like it probably would have come up if that was the case. Right. In also, I don't, I don't know that Laramar would know if she was in the city or whatever. But how would that come up? They haven't crossed paths. That's yeah, true. You know, why would you expect them if he doesn't know who she is and then she maybe doesn't know this person exists? Yeah. I guess, yeah, you know, maybe that's... Depends on more of his history that we don't know about how they met. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like she's ever, she ever left Idris before this, but yeah, don't, we don't on... know that for sure. And we don't know yeah. where he was from originally, I guess. I mean, yeah, if he was Idrian and he didn't believe in this religion, it might explain why he's so subconsciously against being a part of it. But mm-hmm. um, let's see. There's something else I wanted before we finish up this chapter. There's a couple other bits of the annotations that I meant to touch on a minute ago. But let's see. He talks about how he wanted this magic system to be different from stuff like in Elantris, where we didn't learn about the magic until the end. And in Mistborn, we learned about it right at the beginning. So on this one, he wanted to kind of stick the explanation in the middle. And also, Vasher mentions that Idrians used to be Awakeners. That's true. They were as big into Awakening as everyone else, but they had some bad experiences with it turning against them. I had a bad experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weird because, like, that the, the, the remake of The Italian Job, not my favorite movie, although I do love Donald Sutherland. He dies right at the beginning. But uh, that one line is the one that I always remember. I've forgotten that movie existed. Right? Yeah. I mean, Marky Mark, like who? It's not my favorite dude ever in uh, movie stardom, but uh, but most def, he he you know plays Ford Prefect also, which I, I loved. So I actually had a hell of a cast, like Seth oh, Green, yeah. Ed, Edward Norton, Jason Statham, yeah. Charlie's Theron. Uh, let me see what else is here. Uh, I thought there was something else in here, but I, oh yeah, here it is. He says a lot of readers, including my editor, didn't like the term biochroma. They thought it sounded too scientific. I like the concept, though. I want people reading the book to think it sounds scientific. So they just wanted him to use the word breath, and that, you know, would apply to whatever. But he was not willing to give up biochroma. I kind of like biochroma. I don't know. Uh, Okay, finishing up this chapter. So basically, Lightsong goes down here, and he shows us the process for changing the command on Lifeless. He stands in front of the lifeless and yells out their command phrase and then like manually changes it and then has everyone with the new command phrase take one step to the side and only the ones who can hear him are affected and there's 10,000. So it's going to take a while to yell at all of them long enough for that. And he's going to do his 10,000 and then he's going to do all mothers 10,000. So it's going to be a long, long day, (laughs) but also usually you let some of your priests know in case something happens to you. He has decided that this time he's going to have them. He's going to be the only one who gets to hear the new command code or whatever. 
because the more people who know command phrases, the more likely it was that the secret would be bribed or tortured out of someone, which isn't that a nice uh, picture. The only mitigating factor being that the God King, his powerful biochroma could apparently break lifeless more quickly. But taking control of 10,000 would require weeks, even for the God King. So that kind of gives us a baseline here for the God King is the most powerful one. He can break them more easily, but it would still take him weeks to do this without the codes. So it's not easy, basically. And so instead of bottom line blue, his new command phrase is Red Panther. Which I feel like Laramar could probably guess if you... uh, even without knowing it. Yeah, maybe. And so it says that he can do about 20. He can yell loud enough to get about 20 or 30 of these at a time, which means that this will take a while. And yeah, that's I mean, that chapter is pretty simple. It's just uh, or that part of it anyway. He's decided that he's going to be in control of, of this half of the army for better or worse. And he's going to change all of the command codes so that all mother is now locked out. The only people who control the army are him and Bush Weaver. And that's the end. So, yeah, predictions, predicaments, what uh, what's going to happen next? Where are we going with this? We as Jamie pointed out, we have three episodes left in this book, so you have to anticipate things are going to start happening here. Yeah, I really I'm not I'm not sure. I don't have anything solid this week, but my trying to I'm focusing a lot on Larimar at this point. Like, who was he? What did he like? How much of. Light Song's previous life? Did he know? He seems he seems like quite knowledgeable, but he could also be feeding Light Song a whole bunch of bull just to get him onto whatever track mm-hmm. they they want to get him on. Yeah, uh, I really don't know about this guy. I don't know. He could be everything he appears to be, but he also could be a spy for Blush Weaver. I'm just something about him is just like, what is his angle? He has to have an angle. Like, is he really just loyal and torn because because he's trying to be loyal to his old friend and be a priest to him? I don't know. Like, some, something is just not right with him, and I don't know what that is. And I'm struggling to figure it out. Okay. Something's a little off about Laramar, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't have anything cohesive this week, unfortunately. I'm just like, something about Laramar is really bothering me, and I can't put my finger on it. Even Light Song's a little bothered. Like, even once again, in this chapter, he's like, does nothing upset this guy? Like, it's weird. Mm. But, you know, that doesn't seem like a bad thing, if nothing upsets him. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's fair. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to swing pretty broad this time, and I don't know how much evidence that I've got to back me up, and feel free to poke holes as I go. Okay. Kind of ties into to Dak's thing about who who Larimar might be as well. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Okay, so who is Light Song and who is this woman? And I'm trying to piece time frames together as well. How old is Light Song? I think he returned five years ago. Yeah. If I'm remembering before right. he died. Yeah. We don't know how old he, was before right. he died. Presumably he was at least an adult because he doesn't mention mm. like growing more but I don't think we know more specifically than that. Okay. And so then tying into God King's wives, babies that are or are not directly related to the God King. Suthabron is 50? He's been God King for 50 years. So whether that means, I don't know how soon he officially becomes God King after being born, but yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Here we go. Stitching some things together. Probably lots of flaws. 
So, Zeus of Ron's dad, that was the god king, mm-hmm. and his queen had a baby that maybe wasn't stillborn, that had to be swapped out for Susabron. What happened to that Potentially. baby? Hmm. Potentially. I'm just, I'm running wild. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Uh, that baby is perhaps Light Song, hmm. who then grew up as an adult. We don't know how old he is. He could have been 50. He could have been yeah. 40. I don't know. Absolutely right. no evidence whatsoever. So then who is the important person? Maybe that important person to him, it's not a wife or a lover, maybe it's a mother, hmm. potentially. Okay. Or a sister. So I don't know who would be important to you. I think maybe more a mother than a sister. So maybe maybe Vagena's not our person in the picture, but maybe it's a mother. Maybe that mother went on and had more children and had Vagena as a sister. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's a thing that could have happened. And if that was the case or, or something, maybe maybe Larimar raised Light Song. Hmm. I don't think we know how old Larimar is either. So, yeah, it could be. No. I feel like he's older than, than Light Song, but I'm just guessing, really. Hmm. Yeah. I've been thinking about, yeah, so, like, obviously the baby thing, but I've been thinking about we had – a reference to the royal locks, and I don't know if it was only an annotation as to whether it was interesting or whether it was in the book that it's genetic, but it's it's directly like in lineage. Right. So I was thinking that maybe they were related somehow, but he wouldn't have the locks, or maybe because he's returned, he doesn't have the ability to have the locks because he's not in line for the throne. I sort of thought maybe it was like an older brother. But how, like to to Vivenna and Siri, but how would that be important to, like, how would they be important to him if maybe they didn't know who he was? But right. we don't know if they know who he was. I was thinking that maybe he was the older brother because we haven't seen the older brother for, like, we've heard of him, but they would know who he was. And I'm sure we would know if he was dead by now. You would think, time. right? So you'd think so. <laughs> so anyway, I'm spitballing a lot of ideas there, but that's where my, my brain is going. I like okay. Yeah, I like this approach where it's like there's there's some secret relationship somewhere, and you're like rearranging the pieces on the board to figure out where mm. where these relationships make the most sense, or at least are possibilities. So yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I see it. The other thing that I'd sort of thought about, but I, I I think I've dismissed it, is that the time frames didn't actually line up properly, but they have to because the Venner and series lines up, and then Siri and Lights on line up. Mm-hmm that maybe what we were seeing with Vivenna was a lot earlier and that Light Song was actually Parlin come back or something. But that's that only works if they're not in the same time frame. But I think they are. So I scrapped that one pretty quick. Yeah, no, that yeah, you're right, that wouldn't work. Because Parlin is there when she when Vivenna goes to the court and sees Siri and that's the same day that Siri meets Light Song. So yeah no. Exactly. Yeah. Good call. Okay. I don't think I have anything actually useful. That's no, no. <laughs> I, I I like this. You're you're getting some very tricky thinking. Like there's something hiding here somewhere, and I'm gonna puzzle it out. It, yeah, I, that I like. That. I will find it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. So I definitely think, which I think we've all kind of touched on, 
and it and it seems to be pointing us that way. My my first thought to kind of comment on is I definitely think that Nightblood is like this fourth type of biochromatic entity, like, yeah. uh, entity something that you know wasn't sentient. It was an inanimate object that became sentient. Each each entity requires more and more breath. It seems like so I would uh, it's it would make me think that imbuing sentience to an inanimate object probably required an enormous amount of breath just and i'm just extrapolating that from kind of the the order in which things became more difficult and required more breath to do things with and so we've got that piece it also almost makes me think because which i know vasher's been pretty cryptic and vague so far but it also somewhat makes me think that maybe perhaps vasher doesn't really like nightblood all that much he doesn't care <laughs> to use nightblood he seems almost afraid of nightblood sometimes and I, I it's making me wonder like i wonder if he only uses nightblood because he's afraid that like if it's not if he's not using it and it's not in his hands he's afraid of like who's going to use it or whose yeah. hands it's going to fall into where it might end up yeah yeah, I, I feel like that's definitely something that he worries about, and so he uses the sword. Because we don't really see him use it to, like, even strike people with, at least not yet. It's mainly used to, like, tempt other people, deter them, you know, infect them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got that piece, I feel like, that maybe he's not a super big fan of Nightblood. And so now we've got Vivenna, who doesn't know how to use a sword. He gave her, you know, a sword. We'll see where that goes. I think I'm going to stick with my theory that, like, now that they're together and things are kind of starting to, they're they're st- starting to build somewhat a, a rapport that that they're kind of kind of be on the same team going forward through the rest of the book, which we don't have a ton of left, so that would make sense. I think honestly, I I don't have any hard and fast theories when it comes to light songs origin or what's going on with all the Larimar stuff. Larimar, I'm, you know, if he's not playing him, which I don't know, Larimar doesn't seem like the kind of guy that has schemes, but, but uh, if he's not playing him, then I, I would imagine he's got to be somebody like pretty close to uh light song in life, which makes you wonder if he knew him really well in life, or maybe the priests are supposed to study their, like their head priests supposed to study their previous lives. Hmm. I don't know why that would be, but maybe that's something they're supposed to do. I guess but it would he, help you like, uh, like if they're having dreams that involve their previous life, then yeah. it helps you differentiate those from like dreams about the future maybe, or I don't know. Yeah. So that could be a possibility, but if it's not, then I would imagine this had to be somebody pretty close to light song in life. In which case, maybe that's the reason why he decided to become Light Song's high priest, or I don't know if he's assigned or if he decides. I don't know how that works. Yeah, um, we don't know. But uh, but it could be, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and so, Susabra and Siri, man, what a what a decision they made. <laughs> uh, so I'm not super jazzed about that either. I don't know where that's going. It sounds like Sue Spron's coming over to her way of thinking about things, so it's a possibility that they'll like try to escape or uh, they'll they'll try to make things happen on their end, and so maybe that's kind of what leads to the tension and things ra- uh, starting to like climax is whatever they decide to do, hmm. um, because effectively, you know, he's the god king. If he makes some kind of move that's unexpected, that's going to cause a lot of friction. 
I really, I still don't have a beat on Blush Weaver. Is she evil? Is she not? Is she a pawn? Is she manipulating pawns? Like, I, I just, it's very, it's very up in the air for me as far as she goes. I don't, I don't like her, but that doesn't particularly mean she's bad. It just means that I don't particularly like the character. And so there's uh, a lot of possibilities for that. So I, I don't have like a fully formed theory. But now that Light Song has the other half, I mean, I guess it's really he, he's now put it on himself, which I think was the point. He's put it on himself to kind of make the decision, like to stand with Blush Weaver or against Blush Weaver. Right. Um, and so we'll have to see kind of how that takes shape. And uh, other than that, I don't have a lot. Yeah, I kind of am starting to agree with Dak that maybe the pawn call are getting set up a little too well to be the bad guys. Like it makes sense. So. If they're now put in positions of power and then Siri and Susperon decide to like leave or do something, then that could cause issues for them if the pawn call are the bad guys and they turn on them or something. So, but yeah, that's all I have. I know that was kind of just rambling, but yeah, no, I, I, I see your logic and all of that. I'm not sure where to, where to take it because it was it was pretty straightforward. But yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I, I see I see where you're coming from on the various concepts there, at least. I, I do like the idea that it's like, Vasher doesn't really seem to like Nightblood all that much. Like, they're not buddies, but uh, he's just yeah. like, if, if not me, then who else? So Yeah. Yeah, it almost seems like he's kind of just stuck with it. It's like, well, can't be anybody else that uses this thing, because that'll be even worse. Maybe. Every time he throws it away and someone picks it up and just murders all their friends, he's like, God Damn it, I'm trying to get rid of this thing. <laughs> it's like Tom Riddle's diary over here. It's really hard to get rid of. Oh, not again. Okay. Interesting. Interesting thoughts this time. I think everyone was mostly a little more nebulous than predictive, but I'm not surprised at this point where we're we're nearing the end, and it's the section where you start feeling like you should have all the information, start putting pieces together, and yet it can still be tough. Shit's about to go down. So... Next, we're going to try this segment again and see uh, if it gets us anything. The Word of Brandon of the Week, and this is one of the ones that was submitted via our email that someone suggested. Last time it was a very short one. This one is going to be a pretty long one that I'm going to read for you guys. But this is a kind of a back and forth between Brandon and someone asking him a question at JordanCon in 2018, which I guess is a Robert Jordan convention. I'm not familiar with JordanCon, honestly. So the questioner says, in secret history, Hoyd says that you'd be surprised about the economy that you've upended by destroying the perpendicularity when he's talking to Kels here. What amount of people are traveling between worlds? Like hundreds, thousands, billions? Like how many people are out there world hopping, basically? And Brandon says thousands. And the guy goes, so is it like a vacations or and Brandon goes, well, I wouldn't call it. And then the guy says, is it the frontier or is it from? from where you could go i don't even know what that sentence means or is it from where you could go i don't i don't, I don't follow that one but then yeah. here's the here's the long part where brandon says it depends on the roadway let's say you look at frontier era america how hard was it to get to england it's really far away but it's actually relatively safe and common to take the trip between america and england how difficult was it to get to boise idaho that's harder but you know how to do it how easy was it to get to, let's say, the Hawaiian Islands? You're starting to get into, like, the question comes here. Certain pathways are more traveled. 
there are going to be caravans, there are going to be guides, there are going to be safe travels between certain places that are done commonly enough that if you're in the know and you're in the right place, you can be like, I want to buy passage here. And you go there and you can have a reasonable expectation that you're going to make it where you're going. Other places, you say, I want to go there. And they're like, yeah, I've known someone who tried that and never came back. I'm not taking you. So where you're going, where you're trafficking, Chris gives you some indications of which ones are easy to get to and which ones are commonly visited. I would recommend that if you want to go on vacation in the Cosmere, like I want to go somewhere different, go to Nalthus. Go to Nalthus. Nalthus is great to go to, right? They even have customs that you can go through. You can like arrive and things like this. Don't go to Cell. Cell is not good to go to. Cell is really dangerous to go to. There's a dead shard, two of them, in the Cognitive Realm that will destroy you. <laughs> Other places, Skadriel used to be a lot easier to get to. Uh, and then he goes into some like different planets that we haven't gotten to yet, so I won't touch on those. But that's that's the gist of it. So any thoughts on that, I guess. Uh, uh, I wonder, well, we just learned in Lost, Lost Metal that now Nalthus is now not, you can't get there, right? Is that the one they said? Uh, no, they, I don't think so. No, um, they, Kelsey was very condescending about Nalthus. He called the people on it fools. Yeah, he said that they kept trying to get like um, a like trade going on through the the perpendicularities, and he was like, "It's uh, never going to work, no matter how much they try." What was it? There was one place they said in Lost Metal that they couldn't travel to anymore. Yeah, it was a place that we hadn't heard of before. I think, I think it was like, oh. "Hey, this system is also inaccessible. That makes like how whatever number of systems that we can't easily get to, if you count Roshar." Interesting. Okay. I don't know, man. That's uh, I mean, I guess I understand what he's what he's attempting to say is like because of the situation on each system, because of maybe the shard situation specifically on certain systems, some places are much easier to get to than others. And some places are harder, like the pits of Hathson being destroyed, apparently made it much harder to get to Skadriel. Mm-hmm. So. And then we saw like the amount of investiture and power required after the fact in the wax time in the lost metal that they were trying to get this like giant army through. Yep. And so obviously it's not super easy, but depending on, I guess, the situation of your planet, it may be it may be very easy. And I and I, I would assume based on what we know about shards so far is that it also depends on what shard it is, right? So, like, a a planet ruled by autonomy may be easier to get to than one that's sharded over by, like, another type that doesn't, you know, the the makeup of its system and planet may not necessarily be as easy to penetrate based on that shard's, I guess, what did we say the word was? Their... Not motivation, but intent their, is the word. Yeah, the in, their intent and also their, you know, whether they take kindly to strangers or not. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I want to know about this fucking customs official on Nalthus who's just <laughs> letting people go. It's like, like, what is that guy's job like? He's like, he's got the, they've got the airport security conveyor belt, and he's looking through, and it's like, Aeon, 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 <laughs> shut like like uh, piece of alimantic metal, whatever. Uh, I don't know, like psychic bird, like oh no 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 <laughs> psychic no, bird, no no no, no, for, no foreign fruit, like um animals. Sorry, mate, you take your psychic bird, fuck off. 
That's it's actually true, yeah. it's actually uh, it's actually Vasher and he like holds Nightblood out and they're like if you get sick you can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah like who's pay, who's paying this guy like and where where is this like airport interplanetary whatever on this planet? <laughs> He's got a picture behind the desk saying "Do not admit this man" and it's a picture of Void. <laughs> <laughs> Probably right. Guys, there he is. Get him. <laughs> There you go, Brandon. That's the that's the book that people want. <laughs> yep, yep. The 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 customs official on Altus. Yeah. yeah. When when you when you run out of worlds to uh to tell <laughs> us about, tell us about that. Or you can you should yeah. like that. That's the video game of the Cosmere that you make. It's like Papers Please, but it's oh, uh, no. that guy. <laughs> it's like, let's let's go like let's, and he has the like the most unfantasy name of them all. It's like you you know on this planet with. Vasher and Vavena and all this stuff, and then you've got Fred. It's it's just Doug. He's just hanging out. <laughs> uh, the the one thing that it makes me think about, and it actually came up in this episode when we're talking about like if you're rich, you can become immortal basically by buying enough bread. So if you're like, I feel like now this would be like the spa planet for the super rich of the Cosmere. You come here and you buy breaths to to make you. You know, if you, if you just buy yourself up to the third hiding, then you get this color recognition and perfect pitch and you your aging slows way down. It'd be uh, it, it, and it's like this place is around Helandrin, at least it's like this jungle and there's beaches and it's a tropical like paradise sort of setting. Of course, I guess we don't know for sure that somebody from off world could even have breath because you wouldn't start out with breath if you came from a different planet. So maybe you couldn't take any. But mm. That that was my idea anyway. That this is like that, that makes me think that this is like the spa planet of the Cosmere. I, I will say for this planet, it does seem like the common people get treated not quite as shit as some of the others we've been to. Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard to compare anybody to the Ska and uh, <laughs> have it be as bad as them. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move then to uh, well, first first off, for next time. Four chapters. We're going to do four chapters every time for the last three episodes, although I guess the last one is three chapters in an epilogue. But So 48, 49, 50, and 51 for next time. So, uh, yeah, no new patrons or reviews or anything this time. We do have a an email or two that I was going to read, so let's hit on that. The first one is from Lance, who had previously emailed to ask uh, Dak if he was familiar with Auntie Donna. So if you guys remember that. I remember that. So it says... Hi, Sander Lance crew. It's Lance again. I emailed when I started The Lost Metal, and now I just finished the White Sand episodes. I can't wait to hear J, J, and D's thoughts on Warbreaker. I've already read it, and I'm debating reading it alongside. I probably won't because I want to finish Secret Project number three, and I've been waiting to start Kingkiller Chronicles or Malazan for a while, so I'll probably move on to those after Secret Project three. Pause for a second. Eh, Don't bother with Kingkiller Chronicles. Just forget it. Don't even open it. I'm sorry. It's two really good books, but uh, if you can't, if you don't want an incomplete story, then you might not want to start it. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I started reading the first Malazan book once, and I couldn't finish it. It was so dense. I've I've heard mixed things about Malazan. If if you're after a good series, though, I'm just gonna throw in a quick plug here. I just finished reading Tales of the Ketty J, which I think I've mentioned here before. It's like plain punk on a fantasy world. It's, mm. And it's the close, close thing I've ever gotten to reading Firefly. <laughs> and it's fucking great, honestly. Like, it's only four books, and it's it stuck the landing. It's really good. 
Nice. I do like when a thing is done and ends well. Yeah. So there's there's Dak's recommendation of the day. Email continues. Anyway, I have some strong thoughts about the Lost Metal and White Sand, so I wanted to share. I think the Lost Metal is Brandon's best work so far, second only to Oathbringer. However, the success of the Lost Metal comes from his wonderful character development that Wait. built through all of Era 2. Wait, hang on. It's his best work to date, but it's second to except something? For, yeah, except for that one, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. As said many times, Wax and Steris' romance is definitely one of the best relationships I've seen or read. I would agree with everyone's sentiments that Era 1 had the bigger conflict, literally world-ending, but Era 2 had significantly better characters, and I feel like I could relate better. Every time we had a Steris POV about her anxiety, it hit me very hard. Wayne's arc was beautiful. While I agree with Wayne being a bad friend with the trading and the way he treated Steris, his ending had me in tears. I had watery eyes during his sacrifice. But then the next chapter from Wax's perspective where he says, so long, my friend, had me bawling. What a great conclusion. I'm so excited for Era 3. White Sand, on the other hand, I did not particularly enjoy. I'm a comic book reader, mostly Marvel. Sorry, Joe. So that wasn't my issue. It's just that everything was so predictable. The assassin bit was honestly just annoying, and I felt like the stakes were very low compared to other Cosmere works. It was fun. I enjoyed Kenton, and seeing Chris's intro was awesome. Sand mastery is such cool magic. But again, the actual story held no weight, in my opinion, and I, predict I predicted just about every plot twist. I know it was Brandon's first story idea, so I think maybe he fell into some basic tropes for his first story. And now he's off the cuff with Mistborn and Stormlight. Can't wait till we get to Roshar. Sorry again for the long email. My friends don't in real life don't read books, so this is my outlet for standards and thoughts. As always, thanks for the great podcast. Wasing to the time of next colo from Lance Boy. <laughs> Sounds like you need some new friends, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, I don't disagree necessarily with most of the the thoughts that you had in there. We all had kind of mixed feelings about White Sand, I think. Yeah, I think for what it was, you know, the length of time. Or the length of the of the uh, graphic novel, I think it it did its job okay. Yeah. Second email is shorter. Let's see. This one is from Hayden. It says, "So I just got to episode 67, and holy moly, Jamie and Dak, you secretive sods! Did you even mention you were expecting? If so, I must have missed it. I'm stoked and shocked. I'm two years late, but big congrats. Also, I guess happy second birthday. Yep. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah." When is he get, are they gonna are they gonna be shocked when they get to my thing? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> one year later. Yeah. Yes, I think uh, uh, I think no one no one mentioned either time. No, no, we we Honestly. kept that very very heavily on the DL until it happened. Mm. Yep. Take that, podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just when you think you got us you got us nailed down, <laughs> throw you a curveball. Uh, it goes on. I'm loving the podcast. You guys have a great group dynamic data. You don't get enough credit for how much planning you have done. It seems you have already organized ahead for several books and know which chapters will fit into an episode. This is true. Uh, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. You're back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what the what the hell? Oh, that? that's, a, that's a Simpsons that's a thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. That's my bad. It's Harvest trying to do the whole. Oh, I have this friend. Oh, uh, yeah. What's his name? Um. Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. And Mar <laughs> just goes, that's the stupidest name I ever heard. And this guy at the other end of the bar just bursts into tears and runs out. And Bart goes, hey, Joey Jojo! <laughs> yeah. Classic and Simpsons. that's classic Simpsons. Yep. 
So he, he says, your background, whatever you studied, brings a great perspective to the podcast, which occasionally hurts to hear, but I appreciate it nonetheless and cannot fault your logic. Hey, I appreciate that. You know what? People often ask me, like, hey, what did you study? I, I, I just like learning stuff in general, so I didn't focus too much on anything in particular. I have an undergraduate degree. It's in history, but uh, I don't use that anymore. And uh, I probably have forgotten more history than I know. Yeah, I minored in history and have, uh, you know, it's more useful on trivia nights or pub trivia nights or whatever than for anything else. So Yeah, than in real life. Uh, but honestly, I only minored in history because I, I got, when I was about to get my degree, it was like, you took history classes for several of your electives. If you take like one more, you'll get a minor. So I'm like, all right, why not? Yep, do it up. Data, have you considered having the crew do the Radiant quiz for content? Well, yeah, I mean, when it when it becomes a logical moment to do that, then we will absolutely do that. But what is that? It's kind of like the what? Harry Potter Sorting House quiz, but mm-hmm. for Stormlight. Oh, well, yeah, we haven't even gotten there yet. No, so yeah, it'll it'll be at least the second book, if not the third book, before it would make sense to do that. So, right. So we'll see in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't to the time of next, Hayden. So thanks, Hayden, Lance, for sending us emails. If anyone would like to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, I mean X, whatever, Facebook, Patreon, where by the time this episode goes up, I should have finished posting my reactions to uh, the secret project number three, Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. So check check out our Patreon if you're interested in that sort of thing. Check out the previous, the end of the previous episode if you want to hear some information on uh, where the Patreon funds have gone up till now and some of the uh, horrible attempts that uh, I made in the merchandising area. So be excited. You, you can go yep. check that out. If you if you started out the last episode and we're like, I don't want to hear this. this. This isn't Warbreaker. This is this is your your tip to go back and listen to the ending section if you want some show information. Yeah, maybe the last like 20 minutes. So anyway. That, remember four chapters for next time and four chapters going forward for the next few episodes until we get to the way of Kings, which is coming up uh, right as soon as we finish this book. Nothing between the two. We're going from the epilogue of Warbreaker right into the prelude to way of Kings. Way of Kings has a prelude and a prologue. Ooh. So going to need a new song. Yep. Got the song picked out. I got an email from someone that was like, if you don't use this song, then what are you even doing? Um, <laughs> wow, that's that's um, that's uh, it happened to be the song that I'd already picked, so it works out. But uh, okay, cool. Even so, uh, just don't, like, take to, don't take it. Don't take it. Don't take it too personally, Dak. They're just they're just passionate about the show. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for listening. Patrons, people on the discord. If you want to check out our discord, there's a link at the top of our website. All those things. Four chapters for next time. And was to the time of next. Colo? Yes, fashion.